Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to episode 47 of Double Hot Beat, where we take the pulse of the beer and brewing scene. I'm James, a home brewer and beer enthusiast. And I'm Shannon, a beer intermediate. We're back. We're back, baby. Guess who's back? Back, back in again. town. No, that's <laughs> not how the song goes. Oh, gosh. Please forgive, James. I, I couldn't go with the actual song, because then... What a great way to start the podcast, back up with messing up a song lyric, so... True, true to fashion. form, true to form. Okay, so after a short break where we explored the world of new parenthood, we are back at it, folks. Yeah, and one of the funny things is everyone's just like, one word, how would you sum up being a new parent? And they're like, you, you can go one or two ways with that one word. You can either go tired, which is true, or you could do amazing because being a parent is truly amazing and it's one of those things where you don't really understand it until you become a parent so the word i was going to choose is timing timing yeah true (laughs) because your time is all centered around their schedule true so very true you think you're going to get one thing done and then five hours later you forgot that one thing so that's what i would say but anywho um we have been busy in the time that we've been gone so we'll talk about that in a little bit But before we get into it, what we've been up to, we wanted to kind of recap what our podcast is all about now that we're back from our break and how we got into craft beer for any new listeners uh, out there who might be starting with our newest episode, this one first. So James, why don't you give us a little recap about what is Double Hop Beat? Yeah, thank you, Shannon, for that lovely introduction. Uh, So this is a great time uh, for you listeners who are just trying to explore craft beer and homebrewing, or both. Um, and so one of the great inspirations uh, that I took when trying to homebrew myself, which I've done for almost 10 years now, which is kind of crazy to think about, uh, but I've really just started ramping up within the last probably four to five years, mm-hmm. I would say. Uh, but Double Hoppy was really created because me being a home homebrewer or getting into homebrewing myself and really loving craft beer and what the craft beer scene was all about just was trying to get into where I could learn more or other than reading because I'm mm-hmm. more of a visual person so whether it's videos or by listening I like listening that, to that would be an audio that'd be audio that yeah be audio so okay so audio I'm an audio or visual you are you, you're a mixed media person yeah I love that mixed media so I explored many craft beer podcasts or exclusively homebrewing podcasts. And they were just very technical. Um, it was hard to understand. I was fr- getting frustrated or it was just a bunch of guys drinking beer and talking about the beers that I couldn't enjoy because they were either on the West Coast or they were somewhere where those beers weren't you know, available to me. So it was frustrating because there was none really that I could find that you know, combined homebrewing and craft beer in a kind of one-stop place um, and also one that's approachable, right? So I wanted something where you don't feel like you're stupid for asking questions. You want to learn as much as you can, but you want to have fun with it. And why not have some fun when you get new perspectives? So Double Hop Beat really arose from really not having much experience in podcasts. And so I turned to my wife, Shannon, (laughs) Uh, who is an avid podcast listener. So I thought it'd be great to let's get my wife on board with this because it's going to take up a lot of our time. Yeah. Well, also you said to me, I'm going to start this podcast. I said, by yourself? And you said, yeah. And I said, just you talking the whole time? And you said, yeah. And I said, 
no offense, but nobody's going to listen she's to like, just you talking. She's like, yourself. that sounds like a bad idea. And thank God I listened to Shannon because when I looked back and thought about it, I'm like, you know what? One of the key things that was missing in a lot of these craft beer or homebrewing podcast was the female perspective. And mm-hmm. especially Shannon, you at the time uh, were just starting to get into craft beer yourself before you would just drink kind of like your blonde ale. And that was about it. If any beer at all. Yeah. Yeah, you're more of like a hard seltzer, wine, wine type of a palate. So it was great timing for you because you got to kind of give that perspective of Mm -hmm. someone new to craft beer and just you started we started going to breweries like every week. And that was our our thing. That was our what we like to do and exploring new breweries and the brewery scene and kind of sharing that with the community to try and figure out, okay. We always plan, so we're like, if we go to Chicago or we go to mm-hmm. L.A., where, where can we go? What breweries can we visit while doing some of the more touristy things of, you know, yeah. the Liberty Bell in Philly or whatever? So we thought, you know what? Double Hoppy, great, great spot to give recommendations for breweries, which we have, or beers, and also, you know, have some fun, right, Shannon? Yeah, and also talk about homebrewing because that's what your kind of roots are. You're in. Yeah, give a good pulse on so, brewing. And we don't know exactly. everything about brewing, um, but you listeners out there who are homebrewing yourself, you guys might know a lot more than we are. Mm-hmm. So feel free to DM us if you want to get on the podcast. Yeah, so that's just a little bit about how we started this podcast, what we're all about, and what you can expect. And we just, before we move on, uh, talking about our first experiences and how we got into craft beer, just wanted to let everyone know some news that we are going to have a new logo coming out. So whoop, we're pretty excited whoop, about whoop, that. Whoop. And we also have revamped our website, so feel free to head over and check that out. Just a little bit about, about us, James's brewing equipment, what beers he's got or has made in the past, um, and a product review for a grog tag. So feel free to check that out. That is at doublehotbeatpodcast.com. And you can check out our new logo on Instagram at doublehotbeatpodcast and to see how that looks. We are really excited about it. We love it. And that was done by graphic designer Caitlin Whipple. Yeah, and one of the great things um, I love about this logo, not only does it play off our original and play off the two of us, you know, that the home combination of homebrewing and craft beer and putting them together and just me being a hop fan myself, uh, what better way to listen to your favorite hop head than with a good logo. And another great thing is Caitlin's a homebrewer herself as well. So mm-hmm. it was very rewarding to be able to work with somebody um, that's also going to be brewing beer and we might have a couple things up our sleeve in that regard, uh, in the future. Yeah. And you can also find her on Instagram if you like her work, if you want to check it out. Yeah. So we'll spell it out for you in case you're, uh, trying to find her. It's A I T H O N creative. Yeah. So go ahead and check her out and check out our new logo. Yeah. Okay. Do it <laughs> and follow us. Yeah, so we just wanted to talk about kind of the going back to our roots and how we first got started in the craft beer scene. Um, as James kind of touched on a little bit already, his uh, home brewing, and I know some of you have already heard his homebrew story from his first escapade with his dad um, back in 2011. But James, why don't you just give us a little bit of your background um, and your first experiences with craft beer? Yeah, it's probably one of the funniest memories I have dealing with homebrewing. And I think every home brewer has this kind of experience in a way of, you know, you have your trials and tribulations as you're learning the process and how everything works. So in 2011, uh, my father actually got me my first homebrew kit, like many homebrewers. That's how I kind of got my start in homebrewing. It was an extract beer kit. 
um, which just means that you're going to get a nice can filled with your liquid um, malt, which is nice and almost like a syrupy mm-hmm. consistency. Molasses. Molasses. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it's basically you do it on your stovetop with a ke- nice little lobster kettle, as people call it for those not familiar with just the word kettle. And so I brewed it with my dad and we're both in the biotech industry. And so it was really funny how we had our safety glasses. We made sure we wore a hat so our hair wouldn't get in it. And we were just all focused on, you know, the sanitary practices that go into brewing, which is the main foundation, I would say, uh, in in lesson in this story is just good sanitary Terry uh, practices because uh, once you're done with your boil and in this case um, we were transferring from the one plastic bucket to our fermenting bucket and uh, we had to manually siphon you using whatever came in the kit which means you just have to suck on the end of the the tube to kind of (laughs) get the gravity going before uh, the liquid comes out and uh, I gave that job to my dad and he just Kind of panicked once it hit his mouth and he spit into the bucket we were fermenting into. Ooh, you got me. That was a good one. (laughs) And so needless to say, uh, when that beer was done fermenting, it tastes like spit. Yeah, it was not good. So that's kind of how I got my first experience in homebrewing. But I graduated college uh, with biology. I did grad school with regulatory affairs. Um, as I said, I work in biotech, so science has always been an interest to me and just microorganisms. And it's just the great thing about beer is just that it's a living organism um, and you never know exactly how it's going to come out. Um, and you can always plan um, to kind of work with the organisms, but mm-hmm. they're going to do their thing. So that's kind of like an amazing thing. Yeah, it's pretty cool to think that tiny little microscopic beans can make delicious drinks. Yeah, and then with They're bi- like tiny little yeah, bartenders yeah, exa- that yeah, live in your exactly. in and a it bucket. Kind of inspired me to kind of try and work at a brewery and kind of get that other hands-on experience, um, which was great because working in the tap room, I got to really f- refine my palate and really put into words how to describe different flavors and different beers, so that when the customers would come in and say, you know, I only drink this beer, or I don't drink beer, what would you recommend? You could kind of gear them one way or the other, and kind of take them on that craft beer journey, which I think was amazing, and it was a great experience to have. And it also reminded me of just like in biotech with the big reactors that you see on your brewery tours, like also, getting a couple brew days under my belt on a big system was really cool, uh, especially during the Pink Boots events. Since it is March, uh, I just wanted to mention the Pink Boots Society. Yeah, International Women's Day just um, happened, so there was another Pink Boots brew. So. Yeah, and I think I think it's really good to get out there and just experience it. And so today, my home brewing has evolved from your plastic homebrew kits to now SS brew tech and a lot of the stainless steel, you know, equipment. I have a nice all electric uh, grandfather, um, which does about five gallon batches. And now I'm really at the point where I'm just ramping up. Mm-hmm. So I'm doing maybe three to four batches a month versus yeah. doing one beer a year or two beers a year. So I think for me, it's really important to just kind of refine not only your flavor palette, at least when I'm trying different beers, I can pinpoint one you know hop that's in it or the base malts, et cetera. And also milling your own grain. So I got the SS Brewtech uh, grain mill, 
not to be boring and talk all this beer equipment uh, for you new listeners, but um, it's made a huge difference in just the taste of the beer and how fresh, because mm-hmm. before, if you get it pre-crushed, you know, you have maybe a week and you, you t- every day you wait before you brew with it, you know, notice the uh, difference in flavor. Yeah. So that's huge. And then storage of supplies. So I've been getting bulk supplies. So I have a nice storage so I can just brew whatever I want when I want. And an expanded kegerator because as you homebrewers know, you can't have enough kegs of your homebrew to serve. So now I can serve up to four beers at once, which is amazing. (laughs) There's my terrible falsetto. Thank you for that. I really enjoyed it. Okay, James. Well, thank you for that little bit of background about yourself. So Shannon, what about your craft beer journey? Because I feel like we're all talking about me here. But what, (laughs) what is your craft beer journey been like for you? Because, you know, you've been through it all so I have I guess um well I was thinking about this the other day when we were talking about kind of what we wanted to discuss today and my first brewery experience which is where I would pinpoint the start of my craft beer journey even though I wouldn't consider it craft beer um was I think back in 2002 and my mom once she listens to this episode can correct me if that date is wrong uh, but we went to Canada on a trip with the family over the summer And we went to the Alexander Keith's Brewery in Halifax, and that was my first brewery experience where we got to take a tour. It's a pretty big place. It's kind of like the Sam Adams of America, I would say, or like the Budweiser, like it's a bigger facility. None of us were old enough to actually drink, none of us children, so we just kind of got to experience the storytelling. Wait, so you went on a mission trip and they took you to a brewery? No, it was a family trip with my parents. A mission trip? Where did you get that from? Well, you've been on mission trips before. Yeah, but I didn't so. say this okay. was a mission Okay, that makes the story trip. a lot better. Okay, never mind. You kind of gave me a weird look when you when I said we went to Alexander Keith. Because I'm like, like, that would be super you? weird. You go on a mission trip and you take a bunch of kids who can't drink to a brewery. That would be kind of ridiculous. No. Also, and they would hate you, too, if you walked into a brewery with like 30 kids no, that couldn't drink. It was oh my just God. my parents and the three of us kids in Halifax at the Alexander Keith's Brewery. And my parents were the only ones that could drink anything. And we just got to watch the historical tour. So that was kind of my first brewery experience, if we're going to qualify that as one. But from there, it's just it was something to do when we were traveling, like you said. So, okay, like we want to see the sites, but where else can we go to kind of get a taste of the local culture, see what the local food trucks and things like that were. So we kind of started, I think, when we started dating and traveling together, just looking at, okay, what breweries are in the area. And when we first started, there weren't that many. I'd say maybe there was like one or two. Yeah. Maybe you'd have three to like drive or like find like ways mm-hmm. to kind of get to those brews. Cause usually they were just in abandoned warehouses and that was just like the only real estate that they could get because, yeah. you know, it wasn't as popular as it is now where now those same garage spaces are like selling for, an enormous amount because craft beer is so popular that they know, okay, a brewery yeah. is going to want to use this space. Yeah, a lot of them are very DIY kind of... macgyver yeah. home brewing. Exactly. Yeah. So we just started doing it as something to entertain ourselves while we were traveling or looking for something to do. And then, you know, as we've grown and started to go into more breweries and the industry has gotten bigger, it just became more of a common occurrence even when we weren't traveling. And then when we moved in together is when I kind of started seeing what homebrewing was all about because that was when you started buying things when when the (laughs) buying started yeah so about or we had our house for seven years so about seven or eight years ago is when I really got to see like what is homebrewing all about how much time does it take like what's the you know what's behind it all so I think that's 
I guess the start of my home brewing journey, but I didn't really brew a beer with you until maybe what, two years ago. Um, yep. I helped you brew a beer and that was my first actual attempt. Um, you threw in some mostly, hops, you, uh, dumped out half the grain. Yeah. On the say floor. mostly successful. Um, not successful in the fact that James said, pour the grains in here. And I promptly dumped them on the floor next to where he said, pour them in. So that was, you know, oopsie. I feel like everyone's got that oopsie. Like I was saying, your first homebrew experience. Yeah. There's always something. There's always something that goes awry. Yeah, but from there, I've just been learning from you and listening to you talk about kind of what the latest and greatest is and what you're doing next and how you are progressing. So that's kind of my story. Yeah, I think one of the great things that breweries offer um, the community is it really does encompass whatever local food and local, you know, art and music and kind of just mm -hmm. what the culture is like in that area because we've been in Hawaii and those breweries were mm -hmm. drastically different than the ones, you know, that we went to in Portland or um, everywhere. So it's, yeah, it's one of those great things. Yeah. It's one of those great things where you not, not only meet great people, we'll hopefully we'll go back to that uh, once everything's back to normal mm -hmm. again, but you also get good recommendations on great restaurants and they're very open to saying, oh, have you tried going to this amusement or have you checked out this art gallery? Have you, yeah. you know, ate breakfast at this place that makes the best, you know, crepes. crepes. Um, so it's, it's great uh, resource as well. If you're not just about drinking beer, about getting great food or um, seeing local art. So it's just yeah. one of those things that I think is just made breweries more than just your liquor store or somewhere where it's just alcohol only and that's the only purpose you know yeah i will say if you don't already visit breweries when you're traveling it's also a great way to taste new styles because some breweries you know in new england we're very heavy on the new england ipas but if you're going to go to the west coast you're going to be able to taste some of those west coast ipas that you might not be able to get in stores because they don't distribute so just a great way to try out new styles and just see what is the style of the area that you're in. Might not get at home. Yeah, exactly. And our first episode ever on the podcast, How to Pick a Pint, also mm -hmm. gives some tips and tricks on if you're going to a brewery and you're having a beer for the first time, kind of what you can look for and kind of guide you through that journey. Yeah. And I will say, circling back to the Alexander Keith experience, it was a great representation of the area because it was very historical. There were people dressed up in historical outfits oh my god i bet you love that you love like dress up how like, it became time to be. period stuff um but no offense to anyone who's from canada or anyone who likes alexander keith's but um their saying is true those who like it like it a lot those who do not like it do not like it a lot um my brother and i tried it many years later i was we gonna say wait, to drink. wait i was like is this where the truth comes out where you were just like yeah we got to try it no one one okay, year uh, my brother came home to visit and brought he said oh look what i found we're so excited and we tried it and we were like this was not worth the excitement or the hype that we put around it but those who like it do like it a lot so hats off to you if you like alexander keys i am not one of those people and scene and <laughs> scene on bigger beer but so talking about beer, uh, I've got at least three in the works right now. I had I brewed a Simcoe IPA, a Chinook IPA, and a Mosaic uh, IPA, all smash recipes, going back to the basics. So I wanted to isolate these hops. Those are all varieties of hops. And they each give different flavors and different aromas in your beer. 
and also are used during different points during your brewing session. Mm -hmm. So I really wanted to go back to the basics and kind of, I because these hops also I'd be able to potentially grow in our backyard now. So I want to kind of see what I could do with those kind of hops and see how well, it comes you've been out. saying for years that you want to kind of have like a signature beer, right? So you've been saying, you know, I want to get into a space where I can brew more regularly so I can figure out, okay, this is my beer and I want to perfect the recipes. I think you'll have the opportunity to do this now that we're in our new house, your little home brewery is getting set up. Yeah. I mean, I, I just said little home brewery, little, like was a, like, little home, <laughs> a little home brewery. It's actually quite big. I'd say. It's a city now, okay? Yeah. It's a spice. So Spice City Brewing is uh, my home brewing um, logo and uh, name. Because mm-hmm. every home brewery has to have a name. Uh, and one of the great things about having the dedicated space is I don't have to pack everything up, put it in the closet, mm-hmm. take it out, bring it up the stairs, hook it, take over the kitchen. So it's all a dedicated space now, which is amazing. Um Kudos to you, Shannon, for letting letting me do that. I got a library out of the deal, so she did. We're good. <laughs> she goes, you can give me a library, and you can have your brewing space. And I said, absolutely, I can make that happen. Yep. So I'm excited to see what you do as well, and yeah, I'm excited that I'm, I can drink it now. Yeah, I'm looking forward to kind of perfecting it. And before I was just brewing every style under, under the kind of planet. Well, you and- just were trying to see, you know, how to brew certain styles, what works, what doesn't. Kind of just getting a feel for what you like to brew. Yeah, and I then I tried to do recipe development, and I think I've come a little bit farther along with that than I anticipated, but I'm still learning how to build a recipe, which I think a lot of people kind of, it's very overwhelming. So that's why going to the basics and kind of building up from there is a good start. So yeah, we'll be doing also a blonde ale, and Shannon will be brewing it mm-hmm. as well with me. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll maybe get some brewing uh collaborations going with yeah, fellow we'll home brewers talk about that in a little bit yeah thanks james for that update on your beers in the works anytime shannon anytime well i couldn't so i i don't know why we didn't mention this at the top of the show but this is technically our two-year anniversary oh my god jesus we released our first episode um on saint patrick's day two years ago so 2019 so this is coming out the sunday before saint patty's day and therefore, I thought I'd share some fun facts with you. Fun facts with Shannon. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah, because everyone loves those. Fun facts with Shannon. And we were actually just having a conversation about this, James. And so I got curious and looked it up. And one of the drinks that everyone or a lot of people in America associate with St. Patty's Day, and you see it at restaurants around this time. Other than Guinness. Um, well, I mean, it involves Guinness. Stouts. But um, so black and tans. Everyone... Most people are saying, oh, black and tan, that's, you know, St. Patty's Day. I'm going to get festive and get some Guinness and some bass and make a black and tan. So for those who might not know, it's a beer cocktail where you float Guinness over um, bass. So you float or any kind of stout, I guess. But Guinness is the technically preferred. And, al- and also any kind of like a light beer. You can yeah. it, all different takes on it. But the most uh, commonly used is either Guinness, which is your stout over bass mm-hmm. or um, usually some of the other ones are like Guinness over harp. Yeah. Um, something yeah. Like so that. it's, and it got its name black and tan back in the 1800s when a publication called it that just simply because of its color, they weren't very creative. Um, so they called it a black and tan, but I want to give everyone a heads up. If you're going to go to Ireland, do not order a black and tan. So is this what I was talking this about? This is what you were talking about, James. Where someone told me when I was like, oh, like, 
you know, it's kind of like a black and tan. They're like, oh, that's offensive. Yeah, and you were like, and I, I don't like, understand why. I get, like, I guess, but that's what it's called. Like, what else do I call it? Like, I guess yeah. I could say, do you want us, uh, you know, uh, our bass over Guinness, like, floated? Like, that's not, like. Yeah, so I got curious. I'm like, why did why did someone say that? Because I wanted to know if it was actually offensive, why, if I should not say it anymore, like, what's going on? I wanted to educate myself. So I looked it up. And the reason is that you should not order a black and tan in Ireland is that the Royal Irish Constabulary Reserve Force, or RIC, is referred to as black and tans. And so for for those who are not familiar with Irish history, um, during the fight for Irish independence in the 1920s, the RIC was a force created to try and suppress the IRA, or the Irish Republican Army, who was fighting for the freedom um, from Britain of Ireland. And the members of the RIC wore khaki pants and dark police shirts. So they had the nickname black and tan and they were very cruel in their, their treatment of the Irish people and their kind of enforcement of the law. There was a lot of horrible incidents with, you know, torture and murder and just mass executions by them. Um, not to say the IRA, I'm not taking my stance on the fight for Irish independence. Uh, on the politics of but uh, Irish. The, I mean, obviously there was people, the IRA as well, you know, bombing the British troops and things like that. So was, both sides had, you know, horrible things happen. But um, if you call someone a black and tan in Ireland, that is considered an insult because you're referring to them as the, you know, the RIC. So that is why you should not order. If you're going to go to Ireland, you should not order it as a black and tan. If you want a black and tan, then you should ask for a half and half. Ah, So I was right. Which is what James said. He would rename a black and tan if he had to rename it. And he, I can assure you, he had no idea that that's what they call it in Ireland. I was right. I was yeah. like, the only other logical thing I could think of is calling it a half and half. Mm-hmm. But then you can also, so one of the great things is you can also customize it as well. If you're more of a stout person or you're more, you don't like stout as much, you can kind of make it like an 80-20, like. A nine and three quarters. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> did you, sh- nice Harry Potter <laughs> reference there. You're welcome. Oh my God. I know people miss them, so. So that was just a little information on St. Patrick's Day and the drink that is associated with it most in the United States, I would say. Well, One th- of them. I think Shannon would be calling it a mudblood. Okay, I, I said that and you said that was more offensive than is, saying black and tan. It? I think it, I don't know. If I didn't know Harry Potter and I wasn't like, ha ha, mudblood, like, huh, I'd be like, oh my God, that's even worse. That sounds terrible. <laughs> that sounds terrible. Imagine going to a place and being like, can I have a mudblood, please? I'd be like, oh my God, what are they talking okay, about? I didn't, I mean, realistically, you wouldn't call it that in public, but. Such a Ravenclaw. <laughs> oh my gosh. So that is my, my interesting information for you all. And before we wrap up today's episode, we just wanted to let you know what we're going to be up to, what to look forward to in the coming weeks. We are going to have some interviews with homebrewers, so be on the lookout for that. And if you want to get a taste of that before it comes out, we did have some interviews last year with the Portly Gentleman, as well as Robbie from Chainsaw Brewing, as well as uh, Jack Lamson from Lamson Brewing. Yeah. So you can check those out on our episodes page if you want to hear from them. And also Sarah Flora from Flora Yeah, Brewing. Sarah was one of our first um, She, guests. I think, was our first guest, yeah. Yeah, actually, she was our first guest. Creativity and Brewing, it, which is, I think, episode like four or something like that, maybe? It was really early on yeah. in, in our podcasting, short but sweet podcasting career so far. Yes, that was interesting. Sarah will tell you an interesting recording session with some technical difficulties and Google Hangouts not cooperating because this is before the pandemic where before Zoom 
you know, blew up, we had to, we were trying to use Google Meet and that wasn't cooperating because the capacity and the, it was just horrible. So, but you can check out our conversation with her. Um, we are also, as James referenced, going to have a brew off coming Brew up. off, brew off. Yes, 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 yes. So this is with Fender Brewing, who is based up in Alaska. So we're excited to see, um, we're going to be brewing the same recipe in both locations. So James and I will be brewing the recipe and they will be brewing the recipe at their location. And we're really interested to see how it turns out in terms of, you know, we have different water sources, we have different systems. Yeah, we'll get all into the details of that and just kind of what it's going to take to have this brew off and what kind of our mindsets and everything in another episode. Uh, So if you're interested in that, definitely uh, stay tuned. Mm-hmm. And we're also going to have some bonus video content because everyone likes video content. James and loves video content. Why not? I'm a visual <laughs> person. And I'm like, you know what? Like, let's add something. We're not going to go full blown YouTube channel now. Okay, guys, don't get, let's not get crazy <laughs> here. Okay. Okay, guys. Okay. You have been watching too much Duck Dynasty. Still, like still. still. And what happened? Oh my gosh. <laughs> anyway. Just, that's just my personality right there. So be on the lookout for that. And also be on the lookout for a koozie and homebrew kit giveaway. Yeah. So make sure you're following us. Make sure you're tagging your friends on our Instagram. Try and get new people into homebrewing. So definitely be on the lookout for those things. Mm-hmm. Very exciting outlook for 2021. And then hopefully when breweries start to open up, you know, regularly again, we will be out there hitting the taps Hitting the taps. Okay. I like that. All right. Hitting the taps. Checking out some new brews, meeting up with old friends. It'll be fun. For now, we'll just have some curbside pickups and uh, maybe some car rides with Shannon and James. Ooh. Ooh. Maybe. And uh, the other human being in the car. Yeah, 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 exactly. And maybe our dog Strider as well. Our producer, as all you listeners who have been with us. um, Thank you so much for continuing to listen to us Mm -hmm. and for all your support. And as an independent podcast, we're not part of a network and we do not have any sponsors. Uh, Your support means everything to us. So please stay that way. We want to stay that way. So please follow us on our Instagram at Double Hot Beat Podcast. And make sure you're following us and tagging your friends on your favorite posts and episodes. Yeah. And also, um, I know everyone says it, but just if you could go rate and review and subscribe wherever you listen to the podcast, that would be amazing. It really helps us get new listeners um, and get on some lists. And especially the reviews, I guess, help like kind of boost you up the list. And so people can make you more visual. Um, so please go do that if you have not already. We really, really appreciate it. And also, we're o- always looking for homebrewers to kind of talk to and chat with and share your stories. So if you're interested in being on the show, shoot us a DM on Instagram. Shoot us a DM. I don't think I would ever find myself saying that until, like, you've yeah. had a podcast. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God. Oh, like, people promoting oh, their own stuff. Like, I wouldn't even promote, like, our own podcast on my own, like, pages because it's just, like, I feel like that's kind of, like, cheating. But everyone everyone in marketing is like, yeah. that's how you have to do it. And I'm just like, okay, I guess. But I I've been telling you that for years. I know. Well, you're the one who has the business and communication. Yeah, and you're not listening to me. (laughs) All right, I'll listen. I'll listen. All right, I'll listen to Shannon, guys. So, so bear with us with the shameless plugs and the asking for followers. So, yeah. And as always, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Double Hot Beat. Catch Catch you on on the the brew side. side. Thank you.